Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, powered by Jetro. Each week, we bring extremely valuable accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and putting more money in your pockets. Here's your host. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Mike Jezoshek. And today's topic is on what are the requirements for an S corporation and how do I set one up? Now, before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Jetro, a digital accounting firm servicing business owners across the country, helping them relieve stress around financials and save thousands in taxes. Again, today's topic is on what are the requirements for an S corporation and how do I set one up? And this is part four in a series of ours. So if you haven't listened to the previous podcast episodes, I would recommend to do that first. If you already have listened to those, this is just part four in that series. And so the first one we talked about is what is a pass-through entity? Then we talked about what is an LLC and how is it different from an S corporation? Then we talked about what is an S corporation and why should I elect to be one? And then again, today's topic is on what are the requirements for an S corporation? And how do I actually go about setting one up? And so again, the the point of the series is to, one, illustrate what an S-corporation is, why it might be beneficial for you. And we already talked about that in the last episode. We talked about the major advantage of that S-corporation being uh, eliminating self-employment taxes, or at least eliminating a potential portion of self-employment taxes. But in this article, we're going to talk about what are the requirements to be an an S-corporation, and how do you actually go about setting that up? And so in order to be an S corporation, there are just a few requirements that have to be met. First, you must be organized initially as an LLC or a corporation. Now, remember, we've talked about this before, but remember that the S corporation is simply a tax election. So you must first have a company open. So if you currently operate as a sole proprietor, you're going to need to open an LLC or a corporation at the state level and then elect that S-Corp status. And it's important to note here that any activity that you had under that sole proprietorship will need to be filed as a sole prop and cannot be claimed under the S-Corporation. And so I'll talk about this a little bit deeper. If you're going from a sole prop and you want to take advantage of the S-Corporation, but you don't have an LLC or a corporation set up, we're going to talk a little bit about that later in this, in this, in this episode. So first requirement, you must be organized initially as an LLC or corporation and have that, that entity set up at the state level. The second requirement is that shareholders are allowed to be individuals, certain trusts, or estates. Shareholders cannot be a partnership, another corporation, or a non-resident alien. So you might be um, in a business where you have um, some foreign uh, some foreign investors or foreign partners or foreign owners in the company that cannot be an S corporation. So a non-resident alien is not allowed to be an owner or a shareholder of an S corporation. Um, the third requirement is you cannot have more than 100 shareholders. The fourth is you can only have one class of stock. And finally, all shareholders must consent to the election. So when we file this S-Corp election, you're going to need to get a signature and the information of all the shareholders, and they must all agree or consent with the selection. So again, just want to kind of run through those. Must be organized initially as an LLC or corporation. You need that entity set up at the state. 
Shareholders may be individuals, certain trusts, or estates, but they cannot be a partnership, another corporation, or a non-resident alien. You cannot have more than 100 shareholders. You can only have one class of stock, and all shareholders must consent to the election. Now, a lot of times when I go through these requirements with clients, they may seem scarier, like, I don't know if I'm going to qualify. But to be honest, the majority of the clients that we talk to do not run into any of these issues. We rarely see a small business owner with more than 100 shareholders. We rarely see a small business that needs more than one class of stock. Um, we rarely see um, a, a, an S-corp that needs to be owned by a partnership or, or they're treating it to be treated as a partnership. But you may notice that a couple of episodes ago, we did, uh, we did an episode on how to structure your business with multiple owners. And so in, earlier in this part, I did say that an S-corp shareholder cannot be a partnership or another corporation. So if you're in a situation where you're working with other owners, you have multiple people that own the company with various corporations set up and various things that they like to own their companies through, you're going to want to check out that episode. How should I structure my business with multiple owners? And this was a few weeks ago. And kind of the general synopsis of this, just to give a quick overview of what we talked about there, is that you would create your own S-corporation that you own individually, and that S-corp would own your shares in that partnership that you have with other people. So let's say you have a company with, or you're looking to start a company with three owners that all have S-corporations. Instead of creating that new company, another S-corporation, you could create that new company being a partnership with the ownership in that partnership being the S-corporation, so still being able to take advantage of what the S-corp brings to you. So that's the only tricky thing that we ever run into when we're talking about the requirements. Other than that, generally these requirements are pretty easy to meet. So now that we know what it takes to qualify for an S-corporation election, how do you elect the S-corp status? And to elect the S-corp status, you're going to need to file form 2553. It's a fairly straightforward form that you just need to fill out, and it's the request or the election to be taxed as an S-corporation. Now, that form has to be filed during a certain time period. So it has to be filed within two months and 15 days from the date your business started, or if you already have an existing business, it has to be filed within two months and 15 days from the beginning of the tax year that you wish the S-corp election to be effective. So let's say that you want to be an S-Corp for the tax year 2021. You would need to file Form 2553, that election to be taxed as an S-Corp, by March 15th of 2021. So two months and 15 days after the start of that year that you want it to be effective. You'd have to file that form by. Now, there is an exception. If you do not file that Form 2553 in the required time frame, you can request a relief for a late election. And there's two things that you need to do. First, you have to write on the top of that page of that form, filed pursuant to Rev Proc 2013-30. And then second, you have to fill out section I of form 2553 for a reason on why it's late, why you're requesting that late election. Now note, the IRS typically accepts these late relief in the majority of cases, as long as you take care of number one and number two. So you don't have to really worry about filing a late election. Majority of the cases, as long as you have a reason and you filed that, you know, you put that piece, that words on the top of the form, 
generally stating uh, the IRS is going to allow that election to be approved, even though it's late. So an example of this would be, let's say it's August of 2020. We're talking about now. And you want an S-Corp status effective at the beginning of the year. You can still request relief for a late election. And then you just need to get caught up on payroll since the beginning of the year. So you can still, if you're looking today to be an S-Corp for this whole year, you can still request late relief. Now, here's what I want to talk about if you're operating as a sole proprietor. A lot of people will come to me and they'll say, Mike, I'm operating as a sole proprietor up to now, but I want to do an S-Corporation. And we can do an S-Corporation, but remember, one of the requirements is you have to have an LLC or a corporation set up. So what I tell them is go start an LLC, go start a corporation at the state level, and we can start S-Corp status now moving forward. But unfortunately, because there was no S-Corp or there was no LLC or corporation set up prior to today's date, all that activity that you had up until now cannot be um, converted to an S-Corporation. It's just if you have an LLC or C-Corp set up where you can backdate it. So you can't backdate an S-Corporation election on a sole proprietor. So I just wanted to put that in there because a lot of people ask about that. So again, you have two months and 15 days from the day your business starts or the beginning of the tax year that you want the S-Corp to be effective to file form 2553. If you do not file in time, you have to write on the top of page one of form 2553, filed pursuant to Rev Proc 2013-30, and you have to fill out section I of form 2553 for a reason of the late election. And again, an example would be, if you have an LLC currently and you had it since the beginning of the year, and you want to backdate your S corporation status to January 1st here in August of 2020, you would, you'd be able to do that. You would just have to file a late election, making it effective January 1st. And then, of course, with the S-Corp, you're required to run payroll. So you'd want to run payroll, a back payroll, to get you caught up for that payroll that you missed um, for the beginning part of the year. So um, check out that Form 2553. You'll see that it's a pretty straightforward form to fill out. Just ensure that you fill it out completely and include signatures and information from all the owners. In our next article, we're going to be talking about what a reasonable salary means and is and how you can go about setting this up in your S-Corporation. But before I go today, I just want to kind of do a quick overview of what we discussed. Requirements for an S-Corporation must be organized initially as an LLC or corporation with that entity structure at the state level. Then you can elect that LLC or corporation to be taxed as an S-Corporation. Remember, this is not an entity structure. It's just an election to be taxed as. Um, shareholders may be individuals, certain trusts, or estates. They may not be a partnership, corporation, or a non-resident alien. You cannot have more than 100 shareholders. You can only have one class of stock. And all shareholders must consent to the election. And then how do you elect that status? You file Form 2553. If you file it out of the time frame needed, you just need to file a late election with that Form 2553. And that's it. You'll, get a, you, you'll mail out that Form 2553, and within a few months or weeks, depending on how backed up the IRS is, you'll get a letter saying you've been accepted as an S-Corporation, and the effective date is XX. And so that's when you can know that the S-Corp now Reckon, the IRS now recognizes you as an S-corporation. 
One thing is that sometimes you may need to obtain an S-Corp tax treatment at the state level, so you may need to file additional documents with the state potentially. Um, and again, next week we're going to talk about what a reasonable salary is. We're going to continue this series about S-Corporations and talk about what is a reasonable salary for the S-Corp owner, because we know that that's one of the requirements. And we're also going to talk about how you can go about setting that up. So I just want to thank you again for listening to another episode, and I will see you guys next week. Now, one last thing before I go. Don't forget to check out our podcast website at www.jetrotax.com. Simply click resources and then podcast where you can go there and check out our past episodes. Also, don't forget to join our free bookkeeping training program and free Facebook group. I have provided links to both of these in the show notes below. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast from the team at Jetro. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on and share with other business owners. If you have any questions or future topics you want to hear, email them to tax at jetrotax.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.